0: Alright, let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double. You're now tuned in to episode 169 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect for everybody to listen to episode 168 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And please be sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell 10 more friends and have them 10 friends tell five more friends. Alright. Um, let's see, what else what we got coming up? Um next week we got good old uh thanksgiving coming up and then in uh health over wealth i'll give you guys um a few tips i know a lot of y'all like to start y'all christmas shopping a little bit late or your kwanzaa shopping whatever you celebrate uh, hanukkah um whatever it is that you celebrate if you do you know choose to partake in giving people gifts in december i got some tips for y'all in um Health over wealth. So if you want to fast forward to that, go ahead and do that. Cause I know a lot of y'all are gonna be out here Black Friday shopping, but I don't want y'all to go broke. Um, let's see what's going on in my life. Nothing too much. Uh, my birthday was this past weekend. Hopefully everybody turned up and showed out. And um, yeah, I didn't really do too much. Getting up there, I just turned a big three-six, three-six mafia in this bitch. Um, I'm on the downside of 30, which I am fine with. Everybody was sending me texts talking about I'm getting old and blah blah blah. Got a few friends that didn't make it to this uh this age, so I am thankful for y'all bullshitting and sending me old grandpa memes and emojis and shit like that. So I appreciate the love. Only thing I did was uh me and the wife head down to uh, we went down to uh, Merriman, Kansas. You know, just outside of KC um we went down to ikea and uh got a crib for the for our baby girl uh, that'll be here in march and um yeah we ate at uh jack in the box wife wasn't too happy about that she wanted to go to someplace nice but it was my birthday weekend so we went to jack in the box ate, and then on the way back you know i had to stop and get some churches we ain't got no churches chicken up here so and then i stopped at the one that was this um that's not too uh far from um not too far from um ikea it's a little bit south um on 29 and um it ain't 29 it's uh what is it 685 something like that it's just south of uh ikea it's about a couple miles south and i know something was wrong because there wasn't a a a a car in the drive-through at all yeah, i knew something was wrong and the woman barely spoke english they took my order and i'm just like oh man this chicken is not gonna be slapping like it should be normally it does now this one was uh by the by a neighborhood market and i forgot what street that is on because we went there before and it was decent but this time we went and i got a they had like a 10 piece dark for like eight bucks or some shit like that and then i got some biscuits or whatever because i fuck up they biscuits But the biscuits didn't have no, they didn't have a honey glaze on them, and I got the spicy, and it was just like very bland, and like some of the pieces was spicy, and I didn't eat it until like later that night, and I'm three, I'm driving three hours north, you know what I'm saying, heading back to uh, Black Omaha, heading back to Omaha, and so I didn't eat the food until, you know, damn near shit, what nine o'clock at night, you know, so I'm just like, ugh. I just knew something was up it was just in my gut and I should have went to the one that was uh, a little bit north that's on the way out heading back north up to uh, Omaha towards Omaha I should have went to that one but I was just like man this one is closer and it was just full of disappointment but anyways so that's how I spent my Saturday that Sunday was my actual birthday and uh, yeah I just spent uh, you know I just spent the day just uh, building my baby girl's crib and just chilling that was it that was ideal for me just chilling that's what i like to do i don't like to make a big deal you know out of my birthdays and stuff like that especially as you get older you know i i can't stand a a motherfucker who just makes a huge deal about their birthday it's just like like dog like like you're turning like i turned 36 like could you imagine me just sending out flyers and shit like that and just posting everywhere like come out for your boys big three six you know what i'm saying i could see like if it's a situation where you're turning like 21 you turn in uh like 29 because you're leaving your 20s you turn 30 and then i could see like then turning like 40 so then you should make big deals about like when you're going into a new decade so i'll make a big deal when i turn 40 lord willing i make it i hope that i make it to 40 um but i just can't imagine just throwing some big shindig just because i turned 36 like that's that's fucking stupid to me that's just goofy and then i'm thinking like how other people will receive like if i received you know some kind of invitation or some invite to a nigga turning you know 36 37 38 i'm just like eh. eh, eh. i'm gonna just act like i didn't get the invite you know what i'm saying? <laughs> but anyways let's get started on that good old summer damn jam screen so i was up i was getting some gas and uh my wife's pregnant as y'all know and so i just asked her if she wanted any snacks from the gas station or anything like that so i got her these like gummy snakes that she likes and i went across the street to the walgreens um And uh, so I was in there and I'm waiting in line um, and an older sister, she's chopping it up with a young man. She's telling him about some some programs There's a young brother. She's telling him about some programs uh, that uh, the city has going on and things like that as far as like job placement and shit like that. And then there's some uh, some no it wasn't a jobs program it was a jobs training program so he could learn like some skills and stuff like that to actually make a little bit more money and shit like that and they have some job placement so i was kind of ear hustling myself i was like "If this some trade shit hey i might you know i might need to pick up a side hustle but uh, anyway so as uh, as they chopping it up i'm just waiting in line and i glance to my right nigga who said john legend is the sexiest man alive like i seen him on people magazine and this nigga look like he climbing out a baptismal pool like i'm like what the fuck is this shit (laughs) And i just couldn't help but laugh at this shit i'm like arthur like arthur is out here being (laughs) a whole ass sexiest man alive and i'm just like okay all right the good guys finally got one the the good guys finally took a w (laughs) but my man is climbing out this pool looking wholesome look like somebody like uh like his wife pushed him in he's like oh you're tripping you know it's just some shit like that and he's climbing up and somebody took a took a snapshot of it you know what i'm saying so i'm like john legend get your coins okay i ain't mad at you player but it does look like you climbing out of you know the new baptist pool that they just got built you know at your church you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> like y'all really have to see the cover of this magazine and i'm gonna link it in the show notes but i got a good laugh out of that after the you know a long day at work i needed that goddamn laugh so thank you lord thank you to the most high um let's see what else going on that summer damn jam screen. let me pull up my notes man i watched a movie um what was it last weekend or last week um called loose luce, l-u-c-e and i don't know if y'all seen the preview for this But it's about this black kid from a war-torn country gets adopted by a white couple. And he basically plays like these psychological mind games with a black woman. What's the woman's name from the help? Let me look it up real quick. Hold on just a second. All right, I found it. It's Octavia Spencer. So and his parents are um, played by uh, Naomi Watts and uh, Tim Roth now my wife always has a joke about naomi Watts. she's just like she just finds a way to always be topless in all of her movies and i'm thinking like well this is a movie that's about a teen who's basically beefing like playing like this psychological game with his uh hit american history teacher who's played by octavia spencer and um And yeah, she she managed to, you know, show her titties and that like she was having sex with uh, Tim Roth in the shower, you know. But the whole plot of it is um, he basically uh, the teacher, Natavia Spencer, uh, she has the class write um, a paper in the um, form of a historical figure and how would they solve today's problems or something like that and so he um he chose uh france fanon so this that was the um what's that's the west indian cat um who's a psychiatrist and he also i believe wasn't he in the french army too but uh he had a theory that basically said that like oppressed you know um oppressed indigenous people they could you know, gain political power through violence, right? If the oppressor used violence, then you just have to match it with violence, right? To gain political, um, as far as like evening up the fields and stuff, or uh, liberation. That's what I'm looking for. You could uh, seek liberation through violence, and so the whole thing is Octavia Spencer. She knows that he's a black child, and he's like a straight A student. The kid loses and he came from a war-torn country Eritrea and that's uh I think that's where the brother Nipsey Hussle and his people is from um on his dad's side and so um so that's when they adopted him he was like seven years old and uh he was like a child soldier and he had to go through all this therapy and all this uh you know just therapy and you know trying to um basically re they redefined his life so to speak his white parents did and you know they kind of raised him in a way to you know just always excel and he's starting to become rebellious now because he sees how the black american students are being treated and he feels like he's a token he's feel like he's being tokenized and he really feels that coming from octavia spencer's character right so she searches his locker because she's thinking of him you know with the fanon uh theories that he has and the paper that he wrote and so she searches his locker based on suspicion that she thinks that he's about to carry out some kind of terroristic threat just based off this paper which is kind of fucked up but him being a child soldier she was basically just kind of being prejudiced but she finds some fireworks in his uh locker and so she brings it to the parents and uh well she brings it to his mom Naomi Watts and she kind of you know hides it and doesn't you know come out directly towards um you know the son and call well, his name is Luce um uh she she doesn't like call him out on it and shit like that and it's this whole they hiding it and all this other shit then he starts then there's a he's on a track team and a brother an american black boy gets kicked off the track team i guess for like smoking weed or something like that and uh he doesn't see how how loose doesn't see how the black american kid can't get a second shot you know and so he's like why is he you know why is him himself he himself loose is being this token and trying to be like the next obama And he kind of looks like obama a little bit the kid who plays him that the big ears and the fair skin and shit like that and the the, the tight haircut and he does he looks like a, he, he does he favors him he doesn't look like him but he favors him and i think that's why he got that role that young man did and so he's well spoken very articulate very smart and he's just playing this like cat and mouse game with this uh this teacher because he finds out that you know she told the parents and all this other shit and uh so he's just playing this psychological game and it takes you down like it's just all these twists and turns it's a psychological thriller but then when you get to the climax or the or actually the end of the movie it's just like oh it's one of the movies where you just interpret it and interpret it on your own terms like i thought this dude was going i was like oh shit this motherfucker a domestic terrorist or some shit he's like a sleeper cell or some shit like that like he about to buck the system or something nope none of that shit it just kind of you know the parents have his back and they kind of lie for him and that's when he knows that you know his parents you know really has his back because he felt like throughout the movie he feels like they don't have his back at all that they're like siding with the principal and the teacher and shit like that but then when push comes to shove like there's a scene where the teacher uh Octavia Spencer has like a a a whacked out sister and there's this powerful scene where basically you you know Luce did it like um she's like whacked out like in a crazy home and shit like that and uh you know Luce goes and gets her and brings her into the school and uh the the sister Octavia Spencer's sister is like stripping like butt ass naked in front of all these students and you know telling her she'll never be as good as them white folks and you know a, you are you a, a, a nigga and all this other stuff and and uh so he starts like filming that and stuff like that as evidence to show like yo this teacher is like stressed out i don't know why she fucking with me you know and he's just playing these crazy ass mind games with her but then you think you like oh shit this shit about to really just go off but like the climax of the movie is he like sets off some those fireworks that the teacher took and gave to the mom but he actually took him back cause the mom hid him somewhere in the house and he found him and he put him back in uh, Octavia Spencer's desk and he lights him on fire and like the, her desk like burns up but like that's it you just like this shit is whack like it takes you through this whole emotional thing and i'm thinking myself i'm thinking i'm like oh this motherfucker is like a, a sleeper agent or, you know uh, some kind of domestic terrorist or some shit like that he about to set some shit off and they never explain why he had the fireworks it wasn't nowhere near july the 4th or anything like that and um and he he starts lying a lot so you don't know what the fuck to believe but if y'all see that movie loose don't watch it Cause I mean, you just gonna be let down, like psychologically. Like it takes you on this roller coaster, but once you get to the big climax and it, then how it just goes off, you just like, man, this shit was whack. Like I hate the movies that just have you interpret the ending. Like it just kind of leaves it open. I just feel like that is some lazy ass writing, very lazy writing. And um, I'm like, man, this brother done fucked up this woman's whole career cause she like explained to why she was so hard on him and uh, what he represents and everything like that like how he can be like a beacon of hope to other kids and all this other shit but he he doesn't want to be tokenized and all this other nonsense and shit like that but that was a dope scene just just when it comes to when it comes to a head when you know the loose character and Octavia's character you know actually get to talk just them two you know what i'm saying but the movie overall that shit was whack like it just it it takes you on this great great ride and then it's just like oh that's it that's it it's just like the anticipation is dope but other than that it just leaves you fucking flat on your damn face um let's see what else i got on that good old summer damn street so if y'all see that um i paid for it um i don't want y'all to pay for it um don't don't spend your seven dollars on that if you see it up on itunes because that's what i did um but i did listen to on the way down to um down to uh kansas city down to kansas um this past weekend i listened to the 30 for 30 the donald sterling um uh, podcast. So 30 for 30 ESPN, they have a podcast where they break down like major sto- sports stories and shit like that. And uh, I downloaded, I think it's like five episodes uh, of Donald Sterling's uh, <laughs> uh, case. And this was the former Los Angeles Clippers owner, uh, you know, who got, you know, they pretty much forced him to sell the team. And he's banned from every NBA um uh game and he can't step foot into an arena that's playing an nba game and you know what's crazy about this uh his wife she she wasn't held accountable for shit for nothing at all like none of the shit he did like he made his fortune basically he was an attorney he was a lawyer and he would he always been a womanizer always like when he got married to his wife she caught him cheating numerous times and it was one of those things where he's like you know this is just who i am you're just gonna have to accept it but he made his money in real estate by essentially being a slumlord in like beverly hills like he was just buying up property and he would slap a new coat of paint on there like they said on the podcast and then he would raise the rent like super sky high and that's why in the state of california They have something because of him, some kind of rent hike like um, law that's illegal to raise the rent so high in California because of him, because he used to buy these um, low income like apartment buildings and like and he would just paint it and then he would just raise the rent sky high and then he would just evict people who couldn't pay the rent and then um he's in and then he did that To then there was an area like little korea or something like that where he just wanted korean people living in there so basically him and his wife they would act like they were with the health inspectors because they never knew the owners these black people and these latin folks these latinx folks didn't know um you know what they looked like and so i think his wife's name was shelly or shelby um she would go in there acting like she was a health inspector and then they would make up shit and get them people kicked out because they, they this whole uh, apartment complex was like in little korea or korea town or something like that and uh, they just wanted korean folks living in there so they got all them black folks and them latinx folks up out the paint and um and there was one apartment building that he bought and it was just full of little old women like uh, retirees and when he raised the rent on them, somebody asked him like, how can you do that to these little old women? He was like, their, their kids can pay the rent, can you know, come up with the, the rest of it. And that's pretty much how he made his, uh, his money. And then he bought the Clippers. They were the San Diego Clippers, I believe he bought them for like 13 million dollars like in the late 70s or something like that and and then um, i didn't know this he actually loaned dr bus dr jerry bus the money to buy the forum uh the la forum and that actually came with the clippers and the kings i didn't know that so he actually loaned in a dr bus did this reluctantly he didn't want to you know deal with the sterling like that because they really wasn't that close but nobody but all his money dr bus's money was tied up in real estate so he didn't he and in investment groups that's what his money was tied up in and uh sterling's money was tied up in uh actual property but he could he could liquidate that quickly you know what i'm saying he could go ahead and sell that real quick and you know get you know a few million dollars here and there and so he actually loaned bus the money to uh buy the la lakers and then after bus got the lakers and then you know they drafted magic johnson and uh he saw their relationship and saw how magic led them to a title he wanted to you know buy a team so he bought the san diego clippers and then he um found a way to move them down to la and the nba uh was pretty pissed about that and what's crazy is they have interviews with former clippers players um like one was like odin polonise and he was talking about he he, when he first got i think he got traded over there odin got traded over there and he was like you know i was in the shower and i come out with my towel on and everybody's gone like all the players are gone nobody's there he's like the game just got over and it was an unwritten rule with clippers players to just get the fuck out the 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 locker room just asap and it was because donald sterling would come in there with a group of other rich folks and he would basically parade his players around like they were like chattel like they were a buck or something like Odin Polonise was like yeah so I'm sitting there in my towel and he comes in with just this whole group of rich folks and he's just like oh look how big this guy is he's like rubbing my shoulders and my arms and he's like oh he's just like a big buck and, and it's just like and that's what they meant when they said he ran, he, he felt like he was like a plantation owner. And then even Blake Griffin, who played for them for years, when he, he actually got drafted out of Oklahoma to um, the L.A. Clippers, his mama was telling him, you know, to kind of watch out uh, for Donald Sterling and shit like that. But, you know, he was just so happy to be in the league, but nobody told him about the rule, you know, of just hurrying up and just throw your clothes on and get the fuck up out that locker room because... Donald Sterling again came in there with a group of rich folks and just, you know, started rubbing on Blake Griffin and was like, yo, look how look how rock hard his abs is and shit like that. And he's like, this is getting weird. And so that's what players did. Like right after the game, they would either get dressed right away to get the fuck on up out of there without even showering. Or they would just, you know, maybe take a whole bath or something, you know, just wash they balls, they ass, and they armpits and hurry up and throw some clothes on and get the fuck on up out of there because they didn't want to be rubbed on by Donald Sterling. Now that's weird as fuck. And they was talking about how cheap he was and how the Clippers were the laughing stock of the NBA for so long is because of how cheap he was and how he always wanted to try to get a top draft pick and shit like that. And they they didn't even have a practice facility they had to practice at a junior college that's where the clippers practice at and then they said the weight room And said they probably had maybe you could fit maybe five people in there or some shit like that and i just found it fascinating to me and uh the reason why i kind of bring up his wife is you know she was complicit in all of this shit right and she you know she's going on and talking about how hurt she was when he was dealing with v stiviano and all this other shit but they pulled this same jig before you know how they sued uh v stiviano to get all the stuff back uh that he gifted her they did that before with another young lady and i forgot her name but uh donald sterling bought her like a house and like a car and some more shit and you know what uh shelly is the one who actually sues these women because everything like she's married to donald so she owns half of everything so she sues and get that shit back when he tricking off them dollars and what bothered um shelly so much i don't know if her name shelby or shelly so much with v stiviano was v was um basically just out in the open with it she wasn't secretive about her affair with donald sterling so she felt like she was rubbing it um in she- in her face so she felt like v was rubbing rubbing it in shelly's face and so she couldn't wait to sue that woman so they been pulling that jig with his mistresses he would trick off that money and uh you know buy them a house a car something like that and then she would come back around on the back end and sue and get that shit right back that's what's crazy to me and then here's the trick bag right here how and then she played donald and i think she played everybody i don't think i don't think he knew what was going on so basically um adam silver the nba commissioner this was he was just a few months into the job when this scandal broke right so everybody in the nba knew that how racist donald sterling was everybody knew right and uh they were talking with doc rivers and those players and how they chose to play and all this other shit which was some sucker shit i still think to this day it was some sucker shit and uh they should have just uh boycotted that that game instead of you know turning a shirt they warm-ups inside out and throwing it in the middle and i got called all kind of names on twitter i remember this uh when that shit happened i got called all kind of names niggas was calling me uh you know uh i think somebody somehow somebody flipped it and said i was a coon and uh doing what the white man want me to do because i i would have i wouldn't have played the game i'm just like nigga what how does that make me a coon if if i wouldn't play for a racist owner you know what i'm saying just like yeah i got called all kind of names from uh uh fucking clippers fans and shit like that when i was tweeting about this this was years ago i think this is when i first started the do rags and boat shoes account or it might have no i might have been tweeting from the black omaha account i don't know it was it was one of my accounts i was tweeting from but anyways um so so right when this is so right when this is going on and uh adam silver is forced you know he's like well i'm just ban you for life you're banned from the nba for life so now it's like okay what do we do about this team right he still owns the team and um when that ban initially came out or no when the audio initially came out donald sterling goofy ass was still going to try to show up to that game uh when they played the golden state warriors i think this was back in 2014 When this happened, he was going to he still was going. No. So that wasn't a do rags and boat shoes account. So that probably was just my regular Omaha hostage account. But anyways, uh, he was still going to try to come to the game. And Doc Rivers called management was like, yo, he cannot come to this game like it's just going to be a huge distraction and all this other shit. Yada, yada, yada. And so he didn't. But the wife shows up. It's just like okay, and they said they just felt indifferent about it. And um, Matt Barnes, he was saying that Golden State, you know, they was playing against them like they was all Donald Sterling. He said they just lit us up, like they didn't they didn't let up because initially Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, they were going to they was like you just let us know what it is if y'all don't want to play, we won't go out either, you know. So it won't be like a forfeit, you know what I'm saying, like. If you know, like if the Golden State show out on the court and uh, the Clippers don't come out, you know, like it's an automatic win, it's like we won't even come out the locker room. Y'all don't, y'all, y'all just let us know what it is because we down with y'all either way, you know, we have to show some solidarity. So that was dope of Golden State to stand by them like that. And I remember Andre Iguodala was like, Yo, this is our you know, like our Carlos moment, you know, like at the Olympics, you know, holding up the fist and stuff like that, but. You know, when they came out, I think a lot of people were disappointed to play when they came out to play that game. And so with the selling of the team, this is how slick Shelly is or Shelby. I don't don't even remember this woman's name. Donald Sterling's wife. She had a doctor basically um, diagnose him as like early onset dementia or whatever so basically she could take control of the team and so that way she could sell the team so that's how they ended up selling the team because donald sterling wasn't gonna sell it no matter what he was like nope we're holding on to this blah 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 and so she ended up selling it for like two billion to um oh boy from microsoft the former uh uh president of microsoft or whatever and so And then she went on this whole thing about she's about to get a divorce and all this other shit. You know, good and damn well after they sold that team, they still are together. Now I'm like, this this was a whole trick bag and she went on this whole whirlwind you know press towards talking about well they're gonna get separated and blah 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 and all this other shit to kind of make it look good you know what i'm saying so i guess you know they will feel comfortable about selling the team or whoever was buying it feels comfortable buying the team and shit like that that was a whole slick ass trick bag right there but i y'all should listen to that there's some if you got a long road trip ahead i would say go ahead and listen to that 30 for 30 donald sterling that was a that was a pretty good um Pretty good podcast right there, and I I was just like, cause I know I was pissed when they, the Clippers actually played that game. I was just like, man, y'all should have sat that shit out, like fuck that. But then it's like, we're not playing for the for the the name on the front. We're playing for our names on the back, and you know all this other shit. We're playing for us. We were playing for the city of LA, and like get the fuck out of here. And they still lost that series, I believe. But anyways, um let's talk about your girl Tangarey. Did y'all see that uh, Humans of New York post of uh, that sister named Tangeray, that old sister who was a stripper? Um, If y'all don't follow Humans of New York on Instagram or Twitter, you are missing out because there are some lovely stories. There are some very lovely stories. There is a sister, older sister named and That was her stripper name. And uh, she was was told her story and it kind of went viral on uh, social media. It did go viral on social media and um one of the and he basically what Humans of New York is is basically this photographer takes pictures of people and listens to their stories and that's what it is <clears throat> And this woman named Tangeray, she was talking about, she said, My mom threw me out the house at 17 for getting pregnant, then had me arrested when I tried to get my clothes. Then she fucked the head of the parole parole, to try to keep me in jail. She was some prime pussy back then, but the warden did some tests on me and found out I was smart. So I got a scholarship to go anywhere in New York. I chose the Fashion Institute of Technology, which I hated. But by that time I was already getting work making costumes for the strippers and porn stars in Times Square one night a Hasidic rabbi tried to pick me up because he thought I was a tranny I had to tell him baby this is real fish that's crazy right so then she was talking about back in the 70s I was the only black girl making white girl money I had this trick magic trick where I put a baby bottle where I put baby bottle tops on my nipples and squirt real milk Then I'd pull a cherry out my G-string and feed it to the guy in the front row. But I never used dildos on stage or any shit like that. Never fucked the booking agents, never fucked the clients. In fact, one night after a show, I caught another dancer sneaking off to the Tate Hotel with our biggest tipper. Not allowed. Uh, So the next night, we put a little itching powder in her G-string. Boy, did she put on a show that night. Didn't see her again until the Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. So I guess she finally fucked the right one. (laughs) and then she keeps on talking and uh, she was talking about how um, uh, she worked for uh, Madame Blanche which was a huge madam and she said that she controlled all the high dollar prostitutes back then she was like the internet could get you anything you wanted and all the powerful men came to her because she never talked she set me up with a department store magnate uh, who wanted a black girl dressed like a maid I thought I could do it Uh, But when I got to his hotel room, he wanted to spank me with a real belt, so that was it for me. I was done. But Madame Blanche uh, set my best friend Vicky up with the president. Every time he came to New York, and don't you dare write his name because I can't afford the lawyers, but he'd always spend an hour with her. He'd send a car to pick her up, bring her to his hotel room, put Secret Service agent in front of the door, and get this, all he ever did was eat her pussy i mean that is crazy and people were talking about um that this needs to be a netflix series and that that dude that dude jennifer garner said that and i I would i would watch that i love hearing about people's stories because you know some folks just have some tales for that ass they really do and that madame blanche thing that reminded me i watched uh i bet y'all talking about like damn this whole uh summer jam screen ain't nothing political it's all like entertainment fuck y'all y'all gonna get this work <laughs> all right but uh that madame blanche uh thing she was talking about reminded me of a show a documentary i watched on amazon prime a couple weeks back called "Madam of mississippi it was a story of Nellie jackson wow. and um boy this lady was a hustler so she opened up her brothel back in the 60s in uh, natchez mississippi that's a river town And uh, basically, you know, a lot of ports, a lot of uh, army men came through there and shit like that. And she she basically ran a brothel out of her house. And uh, what was crazy about this now, this is down in this is in the 60s when she opened up in uh, Natchez. And, you know, what's wild is this sister Nellie Jackson. She didn't serve black men black men couldn't go in there and buy no pussy at all you know how crazy that is that shit still goes on today uh back even back when uh goddamn backpage was popping or craigslist or snapchat that shit still go on today you see some shit where a, a chick is talking about like on backpage. they used to have like you know roses would equal so many dollars or something like ten dollars so it'd be like six roses so 60 bucks you know for a massage and shit like that they'd like only offer roses and shit shit like that and they have all this whole list with the roses and all this other shit or some other emoji of what they offered and all this other bullshit and then they they, they do all this this strange for a piece of change shit then at the bottom it'd be like no black men or no bms i'm like man you old raggedy roast beef pussy ass motherfucker like how you how you out here selling that fruit cocktail and you ain't trying to get a black dollar with your black ass like get the fuck out of here but yeah that's that was one of that was one of her major rules she didn't have any black customers no black tricks you know or simps coming through there and um and what's wild is she was married to some old dusty ass white dude who uh he had a family and another wife and he used to just take her money left and right there they even told a story it was like ninety thousand dollars or a hundred and ninety thousand dollars i can't remember he took that from her and he used it on his wife and family and gambled the rest of it away and he was gone for like months and she sent she sent a, um, and this is back in the 70s, I believe, late 60s, early 70s. She was married to this old, uh, this old howdy doody white man, and uh, he just, he just looked like just somebody off of a, a, a sitcom from the 70s or whatever. But he would take her money and spend it on his family, and then if he needed a new car, basically what he would do would ask her for a new car. And so what he would and she would buy him a new car and then he would give his kids or his wife his old car and shit like that. Just running game on her. But she but she was sharp with them women and them tricks. But she was a sucker when it came to that white man. I don't know why. But maybe because he had the complexion for the protection for the connection or for the collection. Not the connection, the collection. But um But she had long money though. Long, long money. Very long money and what was crazy is the local government didn't do shit because most of them they was you know they was buying that pussy themselves and she had these uh shirts there were some shirts made and they said follow me to nelly's and people would see them all across the globe like uh, one guy um a local official he said he was in rome or something he flew to rome it was some part of europe he flew to and a guy had that shirt on and uh he asked him about it but the guy spoke a different language and uh, the only thing he understood was the guy saying Nellies and um and, sh- and what was crazy is um they th- he said it was just a, a rainbow of different women and she treated them all good and stuff like that and she was hustling tough because Um, She would sell, like, beer and, like, soda to the tricks, you know, while they waited for their, um, uh, where they waited to pick, you know, who to go on a quote-unquote date, you know, to get sucked, fucked, or whatever they wanted to do, get that fruit cocktail all together, and so she would sell like a beer for like five bucks and this was way back in the day so it was like super expensive and he's like you didn't care it was late at night you weren't even supposed to be out like that you know a lot of those guys were saying so she would make a killing on that and then she would fix them food and shit like that and you know if they were too drunk and they need to sober up before they went home to their wives and uh and uh yeah it was wild just listening to them stories and people were just she was just like a staple down there in natchez and um, and she loved baseball, and so she would go to actually she would actually go to the World Series games. And they were like, "How could you afford that?" And she just had the money for it because th- just how them women was in there selling pussy left and right. And they said that women from all over the world would come to Nellie's to sell pussy on the weekend. And it would be like housewives, college students, women from overseas. It just you know if and then they said it was a lot of wives that you know they the husband was like you know either on the oil rig or he was in the military and he was gone for that weekend or for that month or whatever they would come down and sell some pussy make a bunch of money and go on back home and i'm like wow that's crazy and they said that she was very generous you know with the local government like she always gave them like big ass bottles of like you know fine liquor and stuff like that you know to the mayor to the chief of police to the you know the sheriff and things like that and she they knew what she was doing but like i said most of them was you know customers so ain't shit they you know and she never did talk and what she would do is uh, when she got some new girls, she would actually take them shopping around town to let folks know that, hey, it's some new pussy in town. And I, I don't know if I don't care if y'all get offended by me saying pussy. Maybe you just need to fast forward this. But it's, it is what it is. Um, and so uh, and then she was actually an informant for the FBI because in the 60s it was like the uh the clan was running rampant but what was funny is a lot of them clan members like the fbi came down there because the clan was so rampant um to infiltrate the clan and what was crazy is so many of them them clan members they would actually be down in Nellie's buying pussy from some colored women from some non-white women they'd be down there you know getting getting they they wing wings licked up and down by some black woman some asian woman some hispanic woman you know what i'm saying just but here they are preaching about keeping the white race pure but they dipping their dick into some chocolate. You know what i'm saying and so they was out here so those uh those ladies the ladies of the evening uh the sex workers the prostitutes um they would uh give the give the names to the fbi and uh nelly would give the names too and so they was just busting them guys just left and right down there and um what's crazy is how she died though that's that's what sucked because she was um she was doing it up until what the 80s i think yeah up into the late 80s or I, I think she died in what was it 91, 90, 91 and she was still running that house then you know for like over 30 years and what happened was it was a simp who got turned away because he was too fucking drunk. She didn't she don't she didn't like men showing up drunk and fucked up in the game. Like they could come to her place and you know have a beer or two, but they can't get sloppy drunk she just don't deal with that. And so this simp came to the door, drunk as fuck, bamming on the door and shit like that trying to get some pussy. And uh, she was like, "No, I'm gonna got to turn you away and shit like this." And so the trick got so fucking mad. She lived by a, a gas station goes to the gas station fills up a container with gasoline comes back knocks on the door throws gasoline on her throws it on the porch and then as soon as he struck the match they both went up in flames they said he that man flew across the street because i think he was still holding that goddamn container with his dumb ass and um a neighbor said she just saw a ball of fire just running across the street and that was that man on fire and the whole house just went up and uh, and then uh nelly died because of them burn injuries they couldn't save her so that's how that's how the documentary ends but it talks about how good she was and how she offered there was one brother who worked for her and he was like yeah i just cleaned and i got paid good money and you know all this other shit but it just threw me smooth the fuck off when it said she didn't allow black men she didn't allow allow black customers i was like ain't this about a bitch? how you gonna be black and practice jim crow like how are you gonna be a jim crow hoe (laughs) like how you gonna be a jim crow hoe whisperer that's what i don't get but (laughs) it is what it is uh you know i don't know it's it's a good documentary y'all really should watch it it's up on it's either hulu or amazon i think it's on amazon prime and it's called madam of mississippi so if y'all got time watch it you're gonna have to uh turn it up loud because the captions is funny as fuck because a lot of the time it'll say ineligible because them folks are so goddamn country but i still knew what they were saying because pretty much um, from Yeah, from my mama back, everybody came from Mississippi, so it's just like, I know what they saying, but turn that shit up loud so you can actually hear what they saying. Uh, I've been talking for too damn long, so I'm going to need to take a goddamn break, so I'm going to leave it to my nigga Hov. Hov, what you got to say? Don't be the next tested on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Um, We are going to have to give it to the people who are trying to promote the movie, um, Harriet. Um, y'all gotta stop this. Y'all really gonna have to stop this. Um, Yeah, y'all gonna have to stop this. Um, so basically um the screenwriter uh gregory allen howard for this movie he did a q a with the uh the studio Focus features and people are running with this story he was talking about back in the day he was told um he was told how one studio head said in a meeting that the script was fantastic let's get julia roberts to play harriet tubman and and you know when they challenged him on that he said well so long ago no one is going to know the difference I I just think this is some bullshit and I think it's some bullshit to get us to be like oh well it could have been a lot worse for this movie Harriet you know how they whitewashed these um these Egyptian movies and shit like that because people were pissed that Cynthia Arrivo was uh playing uh, Harriet Tubman who's a black Brit or she's what is she a Nigerian or something like that either way she's not a black american and so folks were kind of up in arms about that like she couldn't really channel that spirit of what it means and then what even threw it over the edge was the um, the villain in the movie was a black dude who a black bounty hunter and then her former slave master ended up saving her and then people blue check blacks on uh bcbs uh on uh, twitter was trying to shame folks into thinking like nah that ain't it it's more to the movie when the homie uh t aka ricky Ross, literally posted the movie on his twitter he found the bootleg copy and he literally posted scenes from the fucking movie and that was pretty much the climax right there her being uh hunted down by a black bounty hunter and then getting shot by her former slave master which was all just made up and because you always need that white hero, right? You always need that in these kinds of movies. And so, this is what I don't like about BCBs, these blue check blacks. I hate how they always um, think that they're like Negro Whispers online and they know what's best for black society. They're like, oh, you niggas really let such and such talk you out of this and all this other shit you like like nigga like you know what best what's best for black society i hate that with a passion when some uppity ass negro gets like just has their nose in the air and they out here telling folks oh, I know what's best for my community and all this other shit while looking down on the people. Like, get the fuck out of here. I hate that with a fucking passion. I I just hate it. And so many people were just trying to lie about the film and talking about that wasn't it. There's more to the story and all this other shit. Even if that was a small part, which we know it's not, why the fuck would you put a black villain in a Harriet Tubman movie? a black bounty hunter at that and then um what was it ebro he was trying to defend the shit and shit like that i was like dude what the fuck are you doing like it is just some crazy shit like it is some crazy shit them bcbs be going so hard in the paint be trying to get these jobs at these white publications and all this other shit like they the so called negro whisperer anytime i see a bcb um you know uh, basically just you know kind of wagging a finger at black society i think about Terrence howard's character in uh best man in the best man movie best man holiday how they talk about how he basically uh tells tells white companies how uh black folks will buy certain things and shit like that like he a negro whisperer and shit like that like he can tell them white folks anything and you know he makes all this money and shit he was like a marketing exec or some shit like that in best man holiday and that's all that he did was basically provide you know what black folks like and i feel like that's what bcbs think that they're doing but instead they just be getting clowned on twitter like because black folks black folks are not a monolith at all but there's certain things that we can rally behind and it's just like so harriet tubman out here battling a black bounty hunter like get the fuck out of here you know that's just some bullshit this is too much you know what i'm saying and they should have known that this wasn't gonna work way back when uh black folks was just like yo like with that um that egypt movie or whatever this was what about seven eight years ago when they had them gods of egypt and it was just nothing but all these white folks in there looked like they was from like fucking northern europe you're like what the fuck is this shit gods of egypt and they tried to make it like sci-fi supernatural and all this other bullshit you're like get the fuck out of here and you know what I'm saying? Something so powerful as Harriet Tubman just like, man, like really this what y'all did? But they they released this bullshit ass Julia Roberts story so it could so black folks would be like, "Oh, well, it could have been worse." Like we're fucking stupid. No. And I see some of y'all sharing the article. I get it. But I didn't believe this shit as soon as it dropped. I was just like, eh, this looks kind of funny in the light. And and I believe what it was is just the backlash because people were kind of upset that a black Brit was playing it. I know um, some folks wanted um, old girl from uh, How to Get Away with Murder and Fences um, to play her. You know what I'm saying? But it's just one of those things where it's just like, this looks so goddamn funny in the light. Like, you just holding up that... that holding up that harriet bill that harriet 20 you like this ain't it chief this ain't it i don't know about this one chief um so y'all get the fuck out of here with that this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so moving on to holding this l uh this should have been in last week's uh rags and boat shoes but the story broke as i was editing um this goes out to um Three judges, Andrew Adams of Clark Circuit Court 1, Bradley Jacobs of Clark Circuit 2, and Sabrina Bell of Crawford Circuit Court. Okay, so basically, these three judges were attending an educational conference in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, and then they went out drinking for a few hours and they decided, okay, let's go ahead and go to a walk to a strip club so they tried to go to a strip club it was closed so then they went to the next uh most lit place at 3 a.m when you drunk as fuck white castle all right so they standing outside at the white castle parking lot and then two men drove by and shouted something at the judges and then Belle, which is uh the lady sabrina she flipped them off and then a fight ensued so the two other male uh, judges they was getting in the fight throwing some fisticuffs and all this other shit and lo and behold one of them men uh one of the assailants um uh, of the two men pulled out a pistol and he let some let some rounds off and he shot Adams once and he shot Jacobs twice and both men were taken to uh, local hospitals and they had to un- undergo emergency surgeries all right so they both lived and um they they all got suspended uh without pay for like 30 days um and let's see here and then adams he pled guilty to misdemeanor charge of battery resulting in bodily injury so he was sentenced to 365 days in jail with 363 days suspended um and the man who actually shot both them judges he's scheduled to go on trial in january um on a bunch of charges including felony aggravated battery now if i don't now if this don't make it into a goddamn movie i don't know who is i might have to throw up a gofundme or indiegogo so i can make this damn movie so you got three judges about to go to a conference you know how them work conferences goes and you just hanging out with your people you know co-workers you get drunk as a skunk then you like okay let's go see some titties and some ass shaking okay that ain't it that ain't open well shit let's go get something to eat i'm hungry let's soak up some of this liquor that's floating around in my belly and um yeah and then i guess the the bell uh sabrina bell she was saying that um she felt like it was her fault because she might have said something to the two men or something and then the other two judges the two male judges defended her but that man pulled out that pistol and let let that thing fly out (laughs) that goddamn late at night you know luckily they both survived but man that shit could have went a whole different way but that just sounds like a fucking movie to me that's that sounds like a real life movie but Y'all really have to hold this L and then to have the audacity, you know, to be a judge and to behave this way. I feel like you have some kind of moral authority, like how America has this uh, thing with black folks having to be to take the moral high ground. I feel like if you were judge, you have to walk that same path as black folks walk in America. You always got to take that high road. You know, they should have should they should have had uh, it should have been a one drink. A maximum at this conference or wherever they was at, and then they should be in bed by a fucking 10 p.m. That's what I believe. But you know what? This is that's this is crazy. You can't even make this shit up. You can't. So, um, I just have to say, Andrew Adams, Bradley Jacobs, and Sabrina Bell, y'all gotta hold this L. Get your man, you win. all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes we have to give it to the brother colin kaepernick um as we know this past weekend um colin had a workout he's supposed to have a workout with the nfl and every single team was supposed to come and watch him work out but after he looked over the paperwork he was like this shit looks funny in the light because early in the week on Tuesday, they let his reps know that, hey, we need him to work out in, uh, I think it was Atlanta or whatever, at the Atlanta Hawks facility, uh, Falcons, I'm sorry, facility, and... Like i said on last week's show i felt like it was he was being set up from the get-go i know he was excited to work out and things like that but my man was smart he was smart about it he let them know like nah i'm not about to do all that he asked somebody look over that paperwork and a lot of it was uh he couldn't film the workouts um they could i think they own the intellectual property so basically they were going to film it and what they were going to do this is what the, exactly what they're going to do if he would have walked into that lion's den and he would have performed for them a he would have had some trash ass receivers right i don't think he could have picked the receivers they could have purposely been dropping the balls making him look bad and then b they was going to say that he looked out of shape he looked like he couldn't drop back couldn't pass in the pocket couldn't scramble yada 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 um and saying that he wasn't nfl ready so what colin did was basically control the narrative he basically went to a high school down there and had his own receivers and showed and pretty much live streamed it and showed what he could actually do and he looked pretty damn good the man's been keeping in shape for the past three years since he's been on a, a field i think it's been what uh just well over a thousand days since he last threw an nfl pass right and so and he was smart about it he just let them know like hey you know you seen the footage and if you want me to work out for you just let me know you know let your people holler at my people and we'll make it do what it do and so then stephen a came out talking greasy but we know he was going to be out there talking greasy because he just got that contract renewal for like 40 million dollars from espn and the brother left sent this on twitter broke down how the new espn head was his focus was bringing the nfl back into a good light so it it was just you know that was probably part of the contract is to pick up the nfl so that's why stephen a was talking crazy but folks have been calling him out left and right about this right so it's like how much is your soul worth because usually he can talk crazy and then niggas be like oh i see he got a point he got a point but now folks just like nah nah you you just didn't they opened that coon door and you just came out dancing with 40 m's on your back you know what i'm saying so um it's just we feel we all know that cap is getting a bad rap just because how they tried to set him up for the okie doke they contacted his people tuesday and was like saturday he needs to be ready to work out you just like yo what and then saturday is like the busiest day for nfl teams because they're getting ready for fucking sunday and monday night football it, it, it was fucking stupid and then everybody was kind of scratching their heads like what like what the fuck is going on here but you know once it was revealed that you know the nfl was going to have him sign his rights away pretty much his legal rights basically saying that he couldn't come after the nfl and all this other shit he was just like nah nah i'm not about to do all that so salute to that brother and um and i know the nfl was trying to play him and say that um nike was trying to come in and uh, film the workouts for an advertisement so they was just trying to say that you know so they were trying to twist the narrative that he really doesn't want to play football like this man has been keeping in shape for the past three years training hard and you know just vigorously just going hard in the paint so he could get on the nfl roster but you telling me he's just doing all this workout shit for show? Sure? like get the fuck out of here but sh- salute to that brother colin kaepernick for just you know not walking right into the lion's den wearing a fucking three-piece meat tuxedo all right so moving on to our last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so we're going to talk about a little bit of wealth building if we can Uh, i'm gonna just give you what is it uh three four tips on how to save some money during this uh well not tips but steps to save money during this holiday season so you know we got black friday coming up next week and uh i know a lot of y'all like to do y'all christmas shopping then um what you will really want to do is try to spread it out throughout the year and get little gifts here and there you know for your family and your friends once um you know once you catch something that they really like so for the first step what you want to do is first things first is set a budget so don't make a list you know of people and the gifts and what you want to get them Uh, you want to set the total limit first that's the first thing you want to do you want to see how much you can spend this holiday season whether it's you know if you got a small group of folks or you got a big group of folks whatever your budget may be from a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars whatever it is and then set a limit for each person like you don't need to get you know your niece or your nephew um you know set a budget of 75 dollars you know the same as your brother or your sister you know what i'm saying so if they real small you know you can get them you know just some little books and a few toys and things like that that you can catch on sale you don't want to you know ball on out on everybody you know everybody's equal but it's separate but equal in love all right so then you make the list within that budget you know, you start thinking of things to get your folks and get your people, you know what your uncle like, you know what your dad like, you know what your mama like, you know, you know what your grandmama like, you know what your, you know, if your significant other you're giving them, getting them something, you know what they like. Um, and so you start making out that list, but within that budget. All right. And then here's the kicker. Here's the big step right here is always, always, always pay with cash. Always pay with cash. Um, you know you get to swipe in that debit card or that credit card and next thing you know you done messed around and spent your light bill money you know if you're using your debit card or you got to deal with crazy interest fees from your credit card because you done you know went over budget and things like that um i have one cash back credit card it ain't really cash back it's like one of them capital one cards and it's like uh it's one and a half percent uh cash back and basically how it works is you know it works on every fucking thing from gas to um bills and what i use it for is for our bills so i pay our monthly bills with it and then i just paid off that balance you know right away and i accrued those points and i got like close to 200 in points or whatever you know that takes a long time to accrue and so um what i did is i cashed them out you can either use that as a statement credit or uh, towards your total balance on your card or you can cash it out for like gift cards what sucks is they don't have like a Visa or a MasterCard gift card is just like gift cards to other places. So I cashed it out and got a couple of I got like a Walmart one and, and a Target gift card. So we'll probably use those um, for holiday shopping, too, because we got most of the kids done. So now we're shopping for the adults in our families so that's what we're going to probably use some of that for along with some cash that we got set set to the side um so you always want to you know if you do have one of those cash back cards you know try to you know kind of utilize that throughout the year to rack up some points and then towards the end of the year you know you can use that either you know for a gift card toward to give to somebody like here's a you know 75 dollar target gift card i mean who wouldn't like that or a 50 dollar walmart gift card or a hundred dollar whatever you know or you could use that to start buying gifts for people too to help you kind of offset the cost so i always try to look into having a um a rewards credit card instead of just having one that just don't give you a goddamn thing you know what i'm saying so but you always want to try to use cash because i don't know how many times you know we done did some stuff where we, we going shopping for somebody or uh just anything and you or you have just a crazy weekend and you like oh okay yeah i got about a couple racks in my you know my bank account and then next thing you know you like damn like what, what like how i only got eleven hundred dollars in here now i, I done spent nine hundred dollars in one day like what the fuck you know you get to swiping that card or inserting the card into the little machine and you just going on you like damn i done pretty much spent almost on my whole paycheck you know in one day so just uh, cash really just kind of keeps you grounded and keeps you within your budget, you know what I'm saying? So go ahead and hit the bank, hit the ATM. I would just hit your bank, you know, so you avoid them ATM fees um so just go ahead do that take out you know the five six hundred dollars that you're about to take out and then just boom use that straight for gifts and that'll help you keep on track too um and what you always want to do i know we're kind of late in the seasons we're creeping up on black friday and this is when it turns into like the big holiday shopping season um you always want to try to shop early you always want to try to do that but just keep that in mind next year to kind of like i said earlier is just shop you know you know periodically you know for people just kind of keep that in mind for folks like if you see like a you know like a lol surprise you know gift you know them things and little girls love you know we see one of those we'll just cop one for my niece you know real quick and you know just kind of sit it off to the side and you know uh hide it in one of the rooms in the house so she won't see it you know until like christmas so you want to do something like that um so keep that in mind next year and then also you know once january hits you know after new year's a lot of those um those gift sets like those liquor gift sets they come with like two really nice glasses and a big ass bottle of liquor like you know um the hennessy uh has them um crown royal has them and uh great goose has them too but they they come with those really nice you know whiskey glasses or uh drink glasses and um You know, so you want to kind of keep an eye out for that because like right after New Year's, a lot of those go on sale, too. So you can get them for cheap and you can, you know, give it to the distinguished folks in your family. You know, I ain't going to call them functioning alcoholics. We'll just call them distinguished, you know, so kind of keep that in mind, too. Um, And those are great gifts. I know people always love getting those things, you know, normally they're like. 40 50 something bucks you know but you catch them damn things on clearance you can get them for like you know 17 bucks i know at target there's a few times i didn't call them on sale at target for you know under 20 dollars. so just keep that in mind um yeah so just shop early just since we can't do that make your budget you know sit down right now after you get done listening to the show set a budget make a list and then pay with cash that's it that's all it is to it um you know don't go into debt you know helping folks you know getting gifts and stuff like that you can't don't do no shit like that and be creative be creative and there's um you know don't be afraid to you know if you got some uh some little fly little teenagers you know in your um in your family, you know, like some cousins or something like that, like your, your, aunt, your, uh, your sister's kids or or whatever, niece, nephew, your sister's kids, you know, or your, your auntie's kids or whatever, you know, whoever, like you got some teenagers, you know, don't be afraid to hit like a Marshalls or TJ Maxx or something like that and, you know, get them like some polo, a polo scarf or a polo knitted hat or something like that, something real fly, you can get those, you know that normally they retail them knit hats them polo hats really they go for like 70 some bucks you can get them for you know 15 20 bucks at tj maxx you know what i'm saying so there's all kind of fly little stuff there and they got really nice gadgets too um you know if you got like those tech kids you know what i'm saying in your family like the um um, the 3d glasses not the glasses but the VR headsets and things like that uh, my brother actually got me one for my birthday and it is that thing's legit it got the headphones in it and everything I was Playing some kind of roller coaster game, and I was getting seasick. Boy, I was getting motion sickness. Let me turn this shit off. (laughs) But it's legit. And then also, don't be afraid to give somebody a gift from like Groupon. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, you can give them a massage for super cheap, like an $80 massage. You can get it to them for like $35, which would be like an hour and a half. Or you can do like um. For like your auntie or your grandma or even your mama, you can get her like a Manny Petty set. You know what I'm saying? At uh, some salon around the city, they'll, those are you know normally what is like about 120 bucks or something like that. You can get those on Groupon for 35, dollars 40 dollars. And then um, you can also do the restaurant things too. Like say if there's a lot of times like new restaurants will be up on Groupon and they'll they love having this deal like 30 dollars. You spend 30 dollars for 60 dollars worth of food, so they just give that certificate and you know you pay 30. 30 bucks give it to them and they can go to the restaurant they can ball out getting 60 dollars worth of food so there's no shame in that you just got to be a little bit creative you know what i'm saying so just follow them tips and you'll be a-okay for the holiday season and before you know it you ain't even gonna be out here looking for your w-2s waiting on them to get mailed out next year all right so this has been episode 169 of durags and boat shoes um i will talk about the whole um art thing probably in a mini pod um right before thanksgiving i'll probably do a little mini episode before it gets chaotic you know in my household um getting ready for thanksgiving so i'll drop a mini pod about you know what was happening down there at the old blue line building building at that contemporary arts display or whatever um so i'll talk about about that i need to you know get a little bit more research and kind of see both sides of it Uh, i've been looking uh at the artist um what she's been saying about the situation and it just seems like there's a bunch of misinformation with the outrage that's going on so um i'm gonna try to you know do a little bit more research but i'll drop a mini pod uh pretty soon it'll probably be out um no later than tuesday all right and as always you know i love y'all and i will see y'all definitely like i said in a few days on tuesday with a mini pod all right one